Usually the sorcerer wore spring blades upon his feet, which allowed him to tower over his sister, but after some undignified falls, he had been forced to give them up on board the ship. The shorter version of Oraton Mar and the lady were discussing how to get the Orm egg off the ship without Spitfire snatching it. The lady had lapsed into bossy mode, which she always did when her brother was his natural height, but that afternoon the sorcerer was having none of it. He narrowed his dark green eyes and stared up at the dragon that had haunted them like a shadow through raging storms, blazing sun, and starlit nights. I shall set a trap, he said. That dragon won't know what's hit him. The next morning, just before sunrise, Oroton Mar dispatched half a dozen deckhands to hide on the quay in the shadows beneath the ship. All were brandishing nets and fire sticks, long dark spears with barbed ends of dull red metal, a weapon that the sorcerer had perfected during his time on board the Tristan. The barbs of fire sticks were razor sharp, designed to cut through dragon skin like a hot knife through butter, and then, Oraton Mar was particularly proud of this, their sticky black tips were primed to ignite on contact with dragon blood. The sorcerer looked up at Spitfire and smiled, the dragon would burst into flames, set alight from within. He was looking forward to that. As the Tristan lay gleaming in the morning sun, from the top of the harbour master's roof, which was now sagging alarmingly, Spitfire eyed a shining lapis blue egg shape, resting proudly on a soft blue cushion, being escorted up on deck by two sailors in dress uniform. Spitfire's keen dragon eye also saw a movement in the shadows beneath the ship and the dull red glint of something sharp. He tilted his head to one side and considered the matter, watching as the cushion and its passenger were paraded down the gangplank. Spitfire gave a snort of contempt and turned his gaze back to the Tristan. He had no interest in an empty egg made from paper mache Despite the parading of the egg around the quay three times, Spitfire did not move. When Oraton Mar realized his plan had not worked, he had a screaming fit and had to be calmed down by his sister. The egg and its cushion were abandoned in the middle of the quay and by evening had become a popular roost for gulls. At the dark of the moon a few days later, Oraton Mar tried another tactic. In the dead of the night, A rolled-up sail was taken down the gangplank by three deckhands. From his perch, Spitfire watched with interest. He knew the egg was nearby. The dragon gave a little jump of excitement, and the harbormaster's roof finally caved in. The three deckhands were so shocked by the snapping of timbers and the rain of falling roof tiles that they dropped the sail. Out rolled exactly what Spitfire had suspected. The true egg of the orm. To the great dismay of the customs officer, Spitfire took up a new perch on the customs house roof. Oraton Mar decided against a second screaming fit. Dragon or no dragon, he was not going to be thwarted a moment longer. He sent for a camel. Just before sunrise the next morning, the sorcerer shoved the Ormeg unceremoniously into a sack and slung it into a bag on one side of the camel. Into the bag on the other side of the camel, he put Suban Suban, the cabin boy. Then, accompanied by his servant, drone, and three deckhands armed with fire sticks, he waved goodbye to his sister and her duck-footed companion, 
and climbed onto the camel. To the relief of the customs officer, Spitfire took off from his roof. Oriton Ma headed out of the port. He ignored the long straight road that led to the distant red city just visible on the horizon and set off into the wilderness of the vast desert of the singing sands. His navigator set a course for a small oasis and a star-strewn tent where an apothecary and her two young daughters lived. Spitfire followed, flying high enough to stay out of reach of the fire sticks, but low enough to annoy. When Oriton Ma, bedraggled and sore, arrived at the star-strewn tent late that night, he never wanted to see a dragon or a camel again, or a whinging cabin boy, or an egg, or the three moaning deckhands, or the craven drone. But there was work to be done. Ruthlessly efficient, he took the apothecary's baby...